Okay, it's really sweet to see you here, Carl. We've got an audience watching this. Uh, I think most of them are going to be joining us in two weeks in Belgium for this micro-solidarity gathering. And I wanted to give them a little heads up, I guess, about what's coming. And I want them to know a little bit about who you are. So I guess for the benefit of the audience, I've invited Carl to play one of the leading roles in the gathering. There's a, there's a whole team of us. Um, and Carl's really got one full day where he's going to be facilitating with a bunch of helpers, but he's designed a process to take us through. And then there'll be other parts as well where you'll see him taking front, front and center stage for a moment. Um, so I wanted to sort of explain why that is. You know, this gathering is going to be largely co-created. There's going to be a lot of contributions coming from a lot of people. So it's kind of a big call to say, Carl, can you take a whole day? Um, so maybe you could start, Carl, just explain a little of what you're hoping to share in that day. Like, what's what's the point of it? Yeah, thanks, Rich. And hello, everyone. Um, yeah, I notice... I'm excited about the invitation and honored and can feel a little bit of like a trepidatious uh, feeling as well. Just, just so wanting to honor what people are coming for and, mm -hmm. and their trust in you and, and trust your trust in me. Um, yeah. The day, the big focus of the day is about getting to know our inner landscape more fully and, and how we can navigate that how we can be more self-connected, more self-compassionate, more self-aware of everything from our body sensations, how we regulate our nervous system, how we create emotional safety in ourselves and in groups with other people, which is kind of appropriate since we'll be just arriving in a group. Um, and to say a bit why this kind of inner work, I think, is so essential. What I've come to over a lot of years, sort of having started maybe more as, a, as an activist or an educator and a systems change maker, is that I came over the years to realize, wow, actually, first of all, interpersonal dynamics are so essential, like everything from power to facilitation to how we deal with conflict, whether or not we give feedback and what quality of feedback. You know, so I kind of looked went from looking at systems to looking at the quality of interpersonal dynamics. And then in the last maybe 10 years or so, I've realized, oh my gosh, like these interpersonal dynamics are so impacted by the quality of how I'm relating to myself hmm. and how others are relating to themselves. So in a sense that day, a big theme will be how can we relate to our own inner world in such a way that we're able to be present, curious, available, have a regulated nervous, nervous system, and, and really, which allows us to learn, allows us to contribute, allows us to have fun, to connect. So that's a little bit of an overview of what and why. Mm. I'm, um, I'm really aware that, like, I'm so embedded in this world and you've got tons of experience doing group work and facilitation and clinical work and lots of different um we're both drenched in it and i'm aware of how inaccessible it can be mm -hmm. so for example you said self-compassion mm -hmm. 
And I'm like, oh yeah, self-compassion. And I'm wondering how many people know what that means. Like, can you just take a concept like that and unpack a little bit? What does it mean to be compassionate towards yourself? Like, how does that actually show up in a practical way? Yeah, great question. Um, maybe I'll start by looking at the sort of opposite of self-compassion because that's been true for much of my life and maybe other people can relate with that. But just that I grew up and I think many people in our culture with a pretty intense inner critic. In other words, like a voice inside my head, which it's not like it's completely gone, but it certainly has softened a lot. But basically I've spent a lot of my life basically saying like, oh, you're terrible at this and saying a lot of swear words under their, under, under the, underneath, but just like basically severely criticizing myself and in a way that has hampered my effectiveness in a lot of situations. I mean, sure, there's also potentially a positive effect that it maybe drives me to learn or to, you know, better myself in certain ways. So I, I don't want to claim that there's, it's only negative mm -hmm. to have a, an inner critic, but some of the more harsh ways in which an inner critic can actually create inner tension in our psyche proves to be quite debilitating and, and can really limit us from just being fully alive, being fully effective, being able to trust people, being able to connect with people. And so, for example, that self-compassion is, can I have kindness toward myself when I, for example, do something that I didn't intend, you know, let's say I say something to you and I'm like, oh, oh, I said something that wasn't so uh, conscious, you know, by having self-compassion, I can sort of recover from that, maybe be able to have a repair conversation with you in a way that, that doesn't just take me out, like with severe shame and embarrassment for days on end, but I can just recover maybe in a couple minutes because there's more kindness toward myself. So that'd be one example. Mm. Yeah. I'm connecting with my own experience of yes. Um, swearing a lot <laughs> at myself, like really cursing myself for not performing in the way that I want to be. Um, and, and like you say, it's motivating. I think, I think that that critic has pushed me to make really useful and good contributions in the world, but it's also really brutal. It's really, really brutal. It's like, I'm, I, I have, I'm recovering from this now, but I have been more brutal to myself than anyone else I know. And I noticed um, at a similar type of gathering, actually, as we're about to do, uh, where I was a participant that, I kind of heard the voice that was in my head that had been drowning everything out. That was just like yelling and, and being brutal to myself. And someone helped me see that, like, when it comes to other people, mm -hmm. most of the time, I'm actually really kind. I'm really gentle. I, I don't know if I've ever yelled at anyone since I was an adult, you know, like I'm, um, it just spontaneously arises in me to be compassionate towards others. I really care about other people feeling safe and happy and well. Um, and I've got so much capacity for that. And then I just um, somehow I disqualified myself from receiving the same thing and learned that, wow, I've, I know how to do this. It's just like um, when my friend makes a mistake or is really upset or something, how do I treat them? Oh, I can treat myself that way. Um, that's a really good discovery because um, if I'm constantly rehearsing this kind of brutal self-critical 
internal attack thing, there's always a part of me that's ready to do that for others as well. And, mm -hmm. and I, I've kept it like kind of nicely packaged. I'm, I'm very nice, you know, um, but it means that I've got this kind of harsh edge that's kind of, it's wrapped up under niceness, but there's a kind of harsh edge in the way that I uh, interact with people sometimes. And since I've softened my own inner critic, I feel like I've softened a little bit in my ways of interacting with others. Yeah, makes so much sense. And what's fascinating is what you described about the relative ease of having compassion for others, but having more struggle with having it towards ourselves. I was really struck in the last few years to learn about the neurobiology of that, that we actually now understand that the way we're wired tends toward that. That in other words, it can be much easier for many people to have compassion toward others in a way that we struggle towards ourselves. And that's why actually some of the work we'll be doing to become aware of our parts like part or sub-personalities can actually help with the self-compassion because it's almost like I can say, oh yeah, I've got this little young part of me that is maybe feeling scared in a particular situation or is feeling really angry. And somehow it seems to be easier for most of us to have compassion for this own, for our own little part of us rather than just like, oh, I'm just feeling compassionate for myself, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's um, it kind of makes sense. I think I'm sort of like halfway there with you. I get, I get that. Um, like for example, there's a part of me who's really embarrassed about this thing that I did. Somehow it's easier to own that and then to feel compassion for that part than to say I'm really embarrassed for what I did. Somehow there's that, that distance, that slight decoupling creates. Um, a bit more room for creativity and responsiveness somehow. I don't know how that is, but that's how, it, how I experience yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it's an acknowledgement that it's only a part of us and not all of us mm. as well, which seems to help many people. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, I'm wondering what else would be useful to kind of prime people on. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be doing, at the start of the event, it's going to be really focused on personal and interpersonal stuff. Mm -hmm. And we gradually increase the scales. So... Then we get into the crew size, what I call the getting stuff done group, you know, four or five people. And then eventually we get to the congregation scale, the belonging group, the like the tribal, you know, sense of connection group. Um, and then beyond that, there's a there's an even larger scale, which um, is, you might think of it as the world or, you know, um, society or something, you know, really big and out of touch. And I think a lot of the people that I'm connected with, a lot of the people that are coming, they're really motivated by the large scale change. Like, um, you know, it, it's about inequality or it's about the ecological crisis that we're in, or it's about, um, yeah, there's these like massive systems that we want to change. And I'm, I guess I'm a little concerned that people are going to be a little bit impatient or like confused or, um, need to assert like, why are we spending so much time talking about our feelings? We should be talking about capitalism and patriarchy and colonization. Mm -hmm. When are we gonna to get to that stuff? <laughs> so I wonder if you can help to connect the dots for like what, what does this micro scale stuff have to do with the macro scale stuff? Yeah, I'm glad to do my best. I mean, what I'm struck by is how much the conversation is shifting to realizing how trauma or trauma-informed or healing-informed 
social change is essential, that, that in other words, this inner work and the outer work are, are necessarily complementary. So for example, whether it's dealing with racism, we're dealing with inequality, dealing with patriarchy, dealing with capitalism, et cetera, what, what we keep seeing is that the people who are most able to be paradigm shifting change makers in the field are people who are able to hold the humanity of everyone involved. And in order to, in other words, hold the humanity of people on one side of an issue, as well as holding the humanity of people, even if we don't necessarily agree with people on one side of an issue, can we at least see their humanity? Because it's when we can see everybody's humanity that we can offer things like empathy and deep listening. And what we keep finding is that if we want to shift people out of, let's say, racist views or patriarchal stances or et cetera, empathy is what shifts. Mm. Like trying to argue with people, trying to like argue a case, trying to force them to change often causes people to dig in their heels deeper. Mm. But when we can come to people with curiosity, with compassion, with empathy, that's where we're seeing shifts. And it's, it's really profound. And so I see this inner work as the necessary preparation for going out into the world and being the most effective transformation agents we can be because we have done the inner work with our own inner judgments, reactivity, enemy images, so that we can actually be curious. And what's fascinating to me is to realize, I remember reading about 10 years ago, an article about Gandhi and his work and how Gandhi is you know, often remembered as this extraordinary individual, but everywhere he went, he traveled with an entire team of people, something like, like 78 people who he traveled with, all of whom were deeply committed to what they called self-purification, like deep inner work for decades together, as well as living together in ashram. So, so they were working deeply on the inner and on interpersonal community building. And that's what served them to be the most effective transformation agents in the field. And the same was true, I believe, for Martin Luther King Jr. and all those involved in the civil rights movement um, mm -hmm. in the 60s. So, mm -hmm. so that's, that to me is, you know, when we think of the, like the luminaries of social, social change, they were people who were deeply grounded in the inner work. Mm. I, um, I'm glad you named that part because it's so central to me and and i see it really clearly and i i i wish i i wish i could be more clear in how i communicate this because it's just like so obvious to me that like all good things grow inside of a context and and so like that inner work you describe you i don't think you can do it on your own like you have to do it yourself you, someone else can't do it for you there is work that you have to do but it always happens in the context of a relationship. And for some people, even that relationship can be with like an imagined person, you know, like an imagined other person, an ideal character of some kind that is like holding that space for them. But generally it's a real person. It's a, a coach, a friend, a partner, a therapist, um, a buddy. And that like, how do you learn to have those kind of relationships? Well, inside of a larger group, you know, and that group is another group inside another group inside another group. And so like, if we want to be um, 
shifting some large scale dynamics, we actually have to attend to all of the scales in between. And, and that it's not, it's not that you have to start with yourself and clean up yourself and then get, and then eventually you'll be equipped to go out there. You know, I really, I really don't believe that. Um, But that, just that we have to attend to all of the scales and, and appreciate that they're all interacting with, with each other at the same time. And if we try and skip all of the smalls and just get to the large, I just don't think it works. I really yeah. don't. Yeah. Yeah, it resonates really deeply what you're saying. And I mean, yeah, I think about how critical it is for me to have the pods, you know, basically mm-hmm. the crew that I'm a part of, you know, it's like, I actually have like three pods that I meet with regularly. And these are not only my dear friends or the people I do the inner work with, or the people who I, you know, get the real nitty gritty practice of giving and receiving feedback and working through conflict. And it's like those, those people become not just friends, but just like my, my team to go to the front lines with of, of whatever the front lines are in, in terms of the work that we're doing in the world. And it's, it's been life-changing. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and as you say, completely supports my inner work as well as supporting the, the world work for sure. I think we're going to have some people coming who are experienced with, uh, you know, what you might call like a, a transformational gathering. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you know how to do that. I know how to do it, how to host these. Um, and I've got a bunch of peers that we know how to create an experience for a group of people over three or four days where the conditions are right so that a large number of those people are going to have a peak experience. They're going to have insight. They're going to feel connection, healing, enthusiasm, spikes of purpose and oxytocin and all that stuff. Um, and and the, the pod part, the crew part, for me is the infrastructure for translating that peak experience into an on- ongoing integration. Like, yes, you saw clarity. Yes, you saw purpose. Yes, you had that feeling of acceptance and belonging for a moment. Mm-hmm. How do you actually change your day-to-day reality to more closely align with that sense of purpose and belonging? Yeah. That's, where the, that's where the crews come in. And that's um, at this gathering, I'm excited about inviting a bunch of people in. Some of them may be very familiar with this kind of stuff. Some of them, it's going to be really new. And, and there's probably a few people that are going to have this peak experience, like, wow, wow. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to that, that sense of like hyperactivity that comes online. Um, and I just, yeah, I just really, I want people to know that for that to really have its best sustainable impact, it needs, it needs a container to land in after the fact. And so like the reason that we put such emphasis on crews all the way through the gathering is so that people organize themselves into crews after the gathering to keep the, to keep the thing flowing. I mean, we can get more into this when we have people face-to-face. Um, I think that's enough of what I wanted to say just to get people a little bit um, primed and sort of thinking a little bit in the right uh, department of, of what we might cover. I'm, I'm wondering, this is putting you on the spot, but I wonder if there's anything, anything you want to leave people with? Like if you imagine someone's watching this like a week before the gathering, yeah. uh, something that they can be paying attention to mm-hmm. or a question to chew on or anything like that, yeah. that would be a great way to, to close up. Sure. Yeah, two things. I, so yes, I'll respond to that. And I also just wanted to emphasize that Yes, there will be a training 
portion, but there also is very much going to be open space. In other words, just to remind people that at least half the gathering, if not more than half the gathering, is going to be really created by all of us. So, so that's one invitation to everyone is to be thinking about, wow, what would you really like from this time together? Maybe it's to simply meet some cool people and go deeper. Maybe it's to respond, you know, to grapple with some specific challenges that you're having in your professional work or in your personal life or your sense of vocation. So sort of mulling on that question of like, wow, what would you really like from this time? Is it fun? Is it connection? Is it new clarity, et cetera? And then more specifically to answer your other question, I think it'd be, it'll always be helpful if people have a sense of, yeah, where are some of those tension points or challenges that they're dealing with in their life, whether it's interpersonal, like that certainly we'll be looking at a range of different tools for exploring interpersonal dynamics, whether it's like, wow, how do I have that tough conversation? Or how do we as a community deal with conflict? Or how can we more effectively make decisions, etc.? So it could be that, or it could be one's own inner world, like, wow, I notice I have some, maybe it's somebody having a longing to be a more effective facilitator or public speaker, and they find some obstacle coming up consistently, whatever those sort of challenges are, or tensions, or just like curiosities, just make note of them in the coming week or so, so that we can follow those threads, because we want this gathering to be what's most meaningful for everybody in the room. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad you named all that stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm getting very excited. Um, I'm excited for people to meet you, Carl, but also I'm just thinking about the other people that I've invited in and the people that are coming, like there's some really shiny, incredible, brilliant people that are uh, waiting to meet you all. So um, yeah, I'm starting to feel the excitement quite intensely and um, yeah, grateful that you're coming to help us, Carl, and excited to meet everyone as well. Mm. Thanks so much, Rich. Thanks for inviting me. Looking forward to being with everyone. Yeah.